0: and As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Erin Addisons
1: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are sort of on tap. They're on tap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: Half of that group. <laughs> They're on I feel like j like the more important hat. They're on tap. They're on tap. They're on, they're on tap. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, welcome to your Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate you allowing us to spend some time with you. Um, today, I, I want to, um, I guess by way of uh, scanning what is out there as far as news goes, mm-hmm. um, start the program off uh, mourning with those who mourn as we learned of the passing of pastor Jack Hayford Uh, yesterday. He died on January 8th. He was 88 years old. And and I was just thinking about like um, how it's a blessing to die in the Lord. You know, like I I think we have, um, you know, we sorrow, Mm -hmm. right. Especially when there are people um, who, if it seems like there's so many more people who know them and are aware of them. So there's like this collection or this collective sorrow, But the Bible teaches us very clearly, and we know it to be true. We don't grieve hopelessly. That's right. We we don't grieve like those who have no hope. That's right. We grieve in hope, like we know that we will see these people again. But it's also interesting that a person can live such a long life and uh, be so fruitful Mm -hmm. and contribute so much to the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe not without a little bit of controversy, because he would be considered one of the leaders in the charismatic movement, in the Pentecostal mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. And uh, I think that there's a, there's a, I hate to say it, <laughs> but there's a war between these camps, guys. Like why? I really, but you know, it's, it, it, it should be so obvious to us yeah. that the war is in direct attack on what Jesus prayed, like for unity that in the body, like won. that we would be one, right. you know? That's right. And so I mean, I guess it's easy for me to see it because I'm not a theologian. Well, (laughs) I think some of the theologians are just like, "No, this is wrong. That is not." You know, that's
0: a that's a that's a a different statement. Like, what? So, what makes a theologian?
1: Well, I guess we should all be
0: theologians, right? Because it's the study of God. But
1: but there are people who are trained in like deep, rigorous training. I've been trained in theology as as a missionary, as a minister, but like not you know not as a theologian or a pastor or anything like that are you being trained by the
0: holy spirit I am okay every well, single day theologian
1: okay sure
0: <laughs> i just
1: i don't know i and i and you know appreciate you but i just feel like <laughs> I'm just <saying. clears throat> excuse we get me all i just up in, you i just know. well no we do but now i will say that there are some people who you you would agree you recognize that they have some they've been to the school of, <laughs> Some depth of theology. Yes,
0: I, I do. They they have studied, you know, gone to seminary or gone to Bible college, and they have um, studied certain things. But I think we get so caught up in that. You yeah. No,
1: uh, and I don't. And I think you're making a great point too. I don't want to say that to take anything away from our faithful following of the Lord Jesus Christ yeah, and yeah. continuing in His Word yeah. and being a student of God's Word. Like I, I think we shouldn't take away from that. But I do think, don't you think, okay, and tell me if this illustration is not a good one, right? So, like, I could remove a splinter from our kids' fingers. Yes. But I wouldn't call myself a doctor. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't. Right, right, right. Like, I could, you know. But you
0: are meeting the need that's there at the present time.
1: That is true. I could style our kids' hair, but I wouldn't call myself
0: a beautician. But you are meeting the need. Okay, it is there at the presence? So time.
1: I guess do we need? I feel like <laughs> this is so funny. I feel like we almost need to get like what is a What is a definition of a theologian? Yeah,
0: that's what you know I, what I mean. What I, I, I
1: guess the ones that I know, everybody knows. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I don't think of, but I, I even even our teaching pastor Abe has said, you know, we should all be theologians. Like we should all be. Um, students of who God is. Yeah. Like we should steep ourselves But I get what you're
0: I'm, I'm, I'm being, you know.
1: Facetious? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little bit. But, you know,
0: but at the same time, I do think we put a lot of stock into those. And look, that should be honor given to people who have studied, you know, different things and stuff like that. But yeah. I think sometimes we look at that and then we look at ourselves and like, uh, I'm not. Yeah. Mm, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit reveals and, you know, He teach.
3: Uh, That's right. Different,
0: you know, so some some like, you know, yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, but there is honor to be given to those who who study,
1: who in, who are, would you call it classically defined as a theologian? I don't know. Here's the yeah. point that I was making. Here's the point that I was making.
0: <laughs> Jack Hayford. There, yeah, that's what well, I yeah, about. and that's and I,
1: I guess what I was going to say is that there are people who really make a lot of, um like, their days are spent, yes, arguing the finer points of theology. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, I think of like. Tertullian and yes. those those who would give themselves and even modern day yeah. we talk about like John Piper, we've talked about yeah. John MacArthur, yeah. uh, Pastor Tony Evans, I would oh. consider to be these are theologians, like they have given themselves to this study of God's word. And not only that, but um positioning themselves to publicly interpret that, like to mm-hmm. help us understand that. Oh, yeah, and so as definitely. teachers and, and I think um, that's different. The the point that I was thinking about, though, is that mm-hmm. among the theologians is where you get the 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 most robust discussion. Yeah, because they're like, well, if you go back to the original Greek and uh-huh. then you take the Hebrew, <laughs> that <laughs> little tilde that is missing there, that means, and well, those are tilde. things that. Till day, okay. See what I'm saying? Give me, let me get that splinter
2: out of your finger.
1: Um, but here's the story though, and and I, I did want to talk about this just a little bit. I, I think it's a yeah. blessing when um, faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ um, go to be with him. Yeah. you know, as sad as it is, there is also when when I read stories about this, I'm just like, man, how sweet because like yeah. you yeah. think about us living this life here and then in a moment mm-hmm. our faith becomes sight. Yes. Everything that we have believed by faith, everything that we have yielded to by leading of the Holy Spirit in in a in a moment, moment like that mm. from this life to the next. And I'll get into some detail. Um there's some information about uh Pastor Hayford's passing. Yeah. And I'll just say it now. It's not anything that needs to be kind of like dragged out, but right. that he he went to bed and yeah. passed in his and sleep. That's it. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, I, I don't know. There's
1: just something amazing to me about no, that. No,
0: that's that's beautiful. Yeah. You know. Um uh, and I was thinking about the conversation we was having about being a theologian. Yeah. It seems to me that the people that you named as theologians are in a certain vein too. You said, And Pastor Jack Hafer. <laughs> and... Okay, yeah, put him in. Good. <laughs> okay. All right, now we're good. Let's, let's go on.
2: You
1: know what? This is gonna <laughs> this is gonna serve my point really well here when we play this clip from Francis Chan. Yeah. Have you read Francis Chan? Um, okay, so let me let me talk a little bit about Pastor Jack Hayford. You know, there are some people listening to us right now who would say, "Well, I take issue with Pastor Hayford." Okay, and and that would be exactly the point that we're kind of making yeah. here. Yeah. Um, The way that we navigate these issues, it's like not having a a, a difference of okay, I don't see it that way I don't right. agree with that there are clearly black and white issues that you don't get the luxury of disagreeing over mm-hmm. but then there are other issues that are not salvific that we have made salvific mm. and then even disfellowship people
2: yeah. we say that it's person's not a
1: believer that person's not a Christian pretty and sad. I've I've met some people who um it's amazing to me that you would have another Christian because I think that one of the one of the ways that we are identified as Christians is our understanding of God's word mm-hmm. and um and, and the right application of that but I yeah. think it's 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 interesting to me to have people who while um professing to be a Christian will openly declare almost as if they are God that they know exactly that a person is or isn't a Christian like they will mm. just say it like point blank and not even the humility to be able to say listen I I cannot pronounce this judgment right. but based on this based on that lack of fruit or based on this this is what I would say you do you know what yeah. I'm saying like yeah. that that place where we reserve that mm-hmm. for God, mm-hmm. you know, there are some people I've heard who don't, don't even do that. Right. Um, okay. But back to pastor Jack Hayford, this yes. is a CBN story here. Pastor Jack Hayford died on January 8th. He was 88 years old. Uh, this article here in front of me, affectionately known as pastor Jack. He was the founder or the founding pastor of the church on the way in Van Nuys, California, where he served as senior pastor for more than three decades. The church grew from 18 members to more than 12,000.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: That's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. By the time he passed, uh, he passed the mantle on of senior pastor in 1999. Uh, so he pastored there until 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayford's illness spread illness influence. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I can hear I can hear it now. Hayford's influence spread worldwide through his insightful Bible teaching. A prolific and uh, best-selling writer, Hayford authored or uh, co-authored more than 50 books and composed 500 hymns and choruses, including the internationally known and widely recorded worship song, Majesty. And there are some people going, (laughs) Miki, can you sing it? I can't, but here you go, just in case... You wanted to try to remember and see if you knew that song. Remembering that right now, like yeah, I mean, man. I just it just seems like you have to be familiar with that right. song. Younger audiences probably not so much, but I would imagine that our age and above mm-hmm. definitely going. I oh, I know that song. <laughs> well, that, was that Pastor Hayford? Yes, that was Amazing. written by Pastor That's Jack great, Hayford. Man. Um, this this article again, uh, back to it says as a leading voice in the charismatic movement. He also served as the general editor of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible and the Spirit-Filled Life Commentaries. Later in life, Hayford founded the King's University, formerly the King's College and Seminary, in 1997. He served as chancellor for the Charismatic Evangelical University before handing off the chancellorship to Pastor Robert Morris, lead senior pastor of Gateway Church. It's interesting because, you know, when you think about this, and this is one of the things that makes me really sad, mm. there is such a great divide um, among charismatics and, I guess, those who are not.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know if that's fair to say because I think there's a very specific group that is sort of like, no, that th- those people are not saved.
2: Yeah.
1: And yeah. very certain of the fact that well, was, charismatics are not saved. I
0: charismatics and, I would say, reformed or Calvinists. Yeah. You know, that's what I would say. That's what I, I think. Seen.
1: Specifically, cessationists. Yeah. is that how you yeah. say? It? I yeah. think yeah. those who believe so. that the gifts right. have ceased to operate. Right. Um, and and so as I was thinking about this, and even in preparation, I knew that in talking about this, that there would be some people who have heard of pa- Pastor Jack Hayford mm-hmm. and maybe fallen into that mindset. Or I hate to speak of it in these terms, but of the camp where yeah. they would say, "No,
2: <laughs>
1: charismania. Yeah. No, none, of, none of that." And um and and that's fine, you know. But I thought it was interesting. I came up on a short video mm-hmm. uh from Francis Chan mm-hmm. that actually Pastor Jack Hayford had shared mm-hmm. um that Francis Chan was talking about his great surprise in getting to know Pastor Jack Hayford. And I want you to listen very closely. It's a short clip, may have to play it twice, uh, but very interesting this clip. This is Francis Chan. Listen
3: and there was this pastor on there a guy named jack hayford and Mm -hmm. jack hayford was you know kind of looked down upon at my seminary because he's charismatic and and i kind of had this mindset that charismatics don't know the word of god they just believe in visions and dreams and feelings and you know it seriously in my mind a charismatic theologian was like an oxymoron Mm -hmm. and but the more time i spent with jack and then one time he He taught at one of our staff meetings and blew my mind how we open up the Hebrew scriptures and was tearing these verbs apart. and, And then I saw the character of his life and the love he had for people. I'm going, gosh, I see more love, joy, peace, patience. And he's brilliant and knows the word of God, kind of shattered my paradigm
1: Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will be right back.
0: Pardon me, I
1: know it's confusing. Little crazy till you promise I know what I'm doing. Everybody's speeding, I just sit back while I'm cruising. Cool with being me, even though I may need improvement. Situation's pulling me down. Let's go. Had to find my confidence, Now I got it now.
3: And there was this pastor on there, a guy named Jack Hayford. And Mm -hmm. Jack was, you know, kind of looked down upon at my seminary because he's charismatic. And and I kind of had this mindset that charismatics don't know the word of God. They just believe in visions and dreams and feelings. And, you know, seriously, in my mind, a charismatic theologian was like an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. And but the more time I spent with Jack and then one time he he taught at one of our staff meetings, and blew my mind how we open up the Hebrew scriptures and was tearing these verbs apart. And and then I saw the character of his life and the love he had for people. I'm going, gosh, I see more love, joy, peace, patience. And he's brilliant and knows the word of God, kind of shattered my paradigm.
1: Man, welcome back. (laughs) I just think that's that's amazing to me. Yeah. I and, and for a number of reasons. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm
0: Miki. And I'm Will, and that was Don't Mind Me by Roy Tosh.
1: And today we are looking at the passing of Pastor Jack, Pastor Jack Hayford, who passed into eternity uh at eighty-eight years old mm-hmm. on Sunday night, Sunday well, Sunday morning. He yeah. went to bed, had had dinner with his wife and went to bed and then didn't wake up and it's just with Mm -hmm. the Lord and I thought it was really interesting because I knew and talking about this uh, there are some people that they pass on and I'm thinking of the excuse me the pastors and the great theologians that we are aware of Mm -hmm. uh, when they pass on there's not a whole lot of um, attack that they suffer on their character. Mm. I, I don't know if you've observed what I'm talking about. Like, I think of Norm Geisler, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think of some of the theologians that we've looked at. Um, yeah. There's another one who, who, who's uh, famously said, what's wrong with you people? Um, <laughs> he's the um, lovingly angry preacher. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Anyway, oh. um, it'll come back to us. Ligonier. About.
0: Yeah, I know uh, you're talking what, about. Uh,
1: okay, that's anyway, the ministry,
0: but look at your ministry. Yeah.
1: Um, Somebody's gonna just, write it in. Someone's there. gonna type yeah. it for us. But I think of at his passing, how you know we were able to to say, "Oh, he's with the Lord," and to celebrate all of the contributions that he made to the body of Christ. But I think mm-hmm. when you talk about um, and and look, and I want to say that this is not true for all charismatics, as this is not true for all people who um, would be any other right. persuasion of Christian. Right that just because they say they're a Christian, that that means that they went to heaven to be with the Lord. R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul. Right. Thank, thank you, you so much. Appreciate Daniel. it. you. thank you. R.C. Sproul. <laughs> um, but I think with Pastor Jack Hayford, it is, um, it's 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 right for us to honor his life and his legacy and to think about what he contributed to the body of Christ and and his steadfastness and um, all of the things, not only in the area of music, but in teaching. Mm-hmm. But I... In a, and wanting to talk about that, I anticipated there being some people who would say, but well, wasn't he charismatic? And feeling like there was some kind of conflict yeah, that should automatically sad. be present, which my thing, and this is not to go into challenging people's doctrine, it is just to say, let's think about what we think about mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like what Francis Chan said I thought all charismatics were just like you know feelers and and <laughs> yeah. didn't read Visions and they and,
0: dreams, that? That, and that's the
1: extent of it. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know people um, for a time would email us because we are saying that the word of God is authoritative and the yeah. word of God is a straight edge, and they would say you must be reformed.
0: And we're like, no.
1: No, we're, we're not, actually. We're
0: not. You know?
1: So, <laughs> so then they would say, you must be this, or you, you must be charismatic or whatever. What about and, you
0: must be Christian? Uh, I, follow, right. Follow and, and so my thing is,
1: I actually, I actually don't describe myself in that way either. And I know that <laughs> p- that's confusing for people, you know, yeah. when when because people are looking for their box. Right. They, they want to put you in that box. And my right. thing is this, when I read the scriptures, what I have found Is that the things that I grew up believing and Mm -hmm. even the things that became popular here as of late, Mm -hmm. um, huge explosion of reformed teaching. Mm -hmm. When I started to delve into that, I couldn't reconcile that teaching to Scripture Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. I couldn't reconcile a lot of the charismatic teaching Mm -hmm. that I grew up learning to what I saw in Scripture. Yeah. And so I found myself in this place where I was going, wait a minute, they're both (laughs) wrong on these issues if you just read the Bible. Yeah. Like, if you just look at God's Word and you say, okay, wait a minute, this is the <laughs> doctrine here and this yeah. is the doctrine there, then you find yourself in that place where you're you're like, I right. I don't agree with that, but I also don't agree with that, right. you know? And, and I don't Which know that fine. we have space for that today because we like our categories.
0: We need to. Yeah. We need to have space for that because if yeah. there's something that I have grown up, you know, thinking, you know, just because I grew up in a certain context and I as I grow, I read the word and I'm like, man, that was wrong. Yeah. I should be willing to say that was wrong yeah. and, and submit that to God. And God changed me, helped me yeah. to understand this because all my life, I've been thinking this one way, yeah. you know, we can be wrong about things.
1: And certainly we you know? can. And you know, what's interesting is the amount of friends that you will lose when you start to challenge <laughs> <laughs> and just ask questions like that's, that's yeah. my, my way, especially as I'm, I'm looking at things in scripture and I'm going, wait a minute, you know, the, the closer I look at that when I really inspect the word mm-hmm. and and not filter the word through my existing doctrine. Like a lot of times what happens yeah, yeah. is people will start with their doctrine.
0: And make try to make it and, fit in. And there. then they
1: yes. Yeah. And and I'm going, No, yeah. no, that's actually wrong your doctrine is supposed to come out of the scriptures mm-hmm. right so it's it's almost if you think of like a cookie cutter what gets shaved off is your doctrine that doesn't fit mm. you know what i'm saying rather than taking your doctrine and shoving it into the cookie <laughs> right, shape like right. and like saying here, it. here yeah. it is it's there yeah. and so when i my my aim and my desire is to be faithful to the word of god Amen. and here can i can i just be 100% transparent the the honest thing here is to say that for a person who still believes, as I do, Mm -hmm. that the gifts are in operation, Mm -hmm. the great angst that I have felt over that is that there are people who think that people who believe that Mm -hmm. are unintelligent, spiritually speaking, that they are not students of God's word, Mm -hmm. that they are just as Francis Chan described. I mean, he perfectly (laughs) described it. And so I think that there are very many Mm -hmm. um, charismatics who are devoted to God's word, but have had and we hate this word, but it's a real one, so we should use it. Mm. Have had these experiences, these encounters with God. They have seen God do incredible things where the gifts have been in operation, not only in this country, mm-hmm. but in other countries, like yeah. all around the world. Because remember, oh, yeah. Christianity is not just in America, that's right? right. Oh. Um, and so there are people who feel conflicted because they feel like I can't lie about that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I would like to to say that's that didn't happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But indeed, it, it, did, it did happen. Yeah. You know, we, we listen. I was listening recently. Well, this is a different, it's going to go on a rabbit, rabbit trail, but I, I don't want to do that. I just, my, my thing is, God bless the faithful. Mm-hmm. God bless the faithful. Pastor Jack Hayford played a major role in the Promise, promise Keepers movement. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, that was huge. my goodness, that was in the time when we wanted to be reconciled. Remember that when we all wanted to get along and and no one wanted to tell you, check your privilege at the door like nobody wanted to do. We we wanted to be united. And so you had all these men coming together, filling these stadiums, like trying to to show the unity that is already yeah. ours yeah. in the body of Christ. I think it's interesting that so much of that we saw happening under what would have been defined or characterized as a charismatic banner. You know, but I think there's just I don't know what what happens yeah. um, or what makes that movement unique, but it, it seems to to characterize yeah. that movement. Unity, um, diversity, I'm not saying equity and inclusion. <laughs> <laughs> unity Please don't say that. and diversity <laughs> under the banner of um, believing that the Spirit of God is still at work in, in the church today.
0: Yeah, I think we have to get over, you know, what our preconceived notions of what this person is because they're this, you know. Now, th- look, there are definite things that are error. Okay, yes, for sure. If you don't believe this, this is error. Like, we're not saying that everybody, but at the same time, there's some uh, tertiary issues and yeah. different things that, man, seem like we make them a, a hill to die on, you yeah. know, and, and and really even say, pronounce where a person is going to go based oh, upon goodness, the me. disagreement we have on certain things. Yeah. Man, I think we have to get to a point of maturity, you know, and understanding if those things are not the core beliefs of the faith, you know, like, okay, we differ in that. Yeah. You know, and uh, I saw one of the questions. Somebody wants to know. Well, what do you disagree with with the reform? Oh, you know, look Anna's at gonna that! Get... You're
1: baiting me. You're baiting me. You you just stepped up and tried to put a block oh, on my shoulder, and then you try to knock it off.
0: It's theological. I'm Monday. not
1: doing it. <laughs> theological. No, I have, I'm, I'm
0: not
1: doing it. I would just. Oh, good
0: grief. That, that's this not is, that's not the point is, of where we were right, going. This here, is where yeah. the
1: spirit gives you self control. Okay, and so. Because uh, my temptation is, on is, both to, sides. is right. You know, it's not, not so just. So why with, didn't you ask? What do I disagree with right. and the charismatic?
0: Because it's, it's probably like, yeah, I know what you disagree with. Damn. But, but, but right, <laughs> it's evident. <laughs> no.
1: You see, that is what I think is so funny. I think a better oh, question man. is, can you point out some of the inconsistencies on both sides? On both sides. However, yeah. if the belief is that my side <laughs> is right, tell me what you disagree with, because I'll set you straight. That's what. That's what it is. That, anyway, yeah, yeah. and it's here. Here is what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to say. Praise God. Yeah. Um, God bless the faithful, those mm. who endure until they meet Jesus. Like, mm. God bless the faithful. Amen. And I think that there are so many people who will say that of Pastor Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack. And uh, and and I just, I the reason I played the Francis Chan clip is because I know that there will be some of our listeners who will say, well, he was charismatic. I don't know why you're presuming that he is with the Lord. Um, and right. I think that is tragic yeah, and and i I, I wanted so. to I wanted to put that to rest a little bit. and I wanted to say, um we we rejoice that he is with the Lord and um and, man, celebrate what he contributed to the body of christ mm-hmm. if if you know, yeah. for for all that that's worth. One other thing, I want to read the statement from uh, church on the way about Pastor Jack's passing. And this is what the church, um, the staff wrote there. Pastor Jack's ministry bridged barriers between generations, socioeconomic strata, and ethnicities. He was a leader in reconciliation within those areas that divided humankind, as well as reconciling people in relationship with their Heavenly Father. Tens of thousands of people received the Lord and walked into faith under the ministry of Pastor Jack. Humble and sensitive to the Lord, not just in the pulpit, but in his everyday life, Pastor Jack taught us to rely on God's word, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to worship the Lord with abandon, and serve in the community where God places us. The lives of countless thousands have been changed as they have been discipled by this general in the faith. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that that would be the statement that would be um, released or written, and you have Francis Chan saying the same thing um, years ago, and Mm -hmm. that my experience with him was that— Evidence of the fruit of the Spirit was there. Mm, Amen. You know, and and I think that is so important. Like, we can disagree, but, man, we could disagree for the glory of God as well. You know, so anyway, Pastor Jack Hayford um, passed on at 88, and I wanted to let our listeners know about that. Um, We mourn with those who mourn. All right. In additional news, I was reading a survey here, and this may or may not be related to what we're currently talking about here, (laughs) but it's um, asking the question or discovering the answer to who prays more, men or women?
0: Who prays more? Who prays more,
1: men or women? Sweet Victory has (laughs) tallied her answer.
0: Of course, she's biased.
1: Well, but, but also accurate. We got the receipts. I mean, when you asked me the question, I wasn't
0: biased at all. Just, I just gave you the truth with an effort. With an effort, I gave gave you the truth. Truth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is this is very interesting. So it turns out that uh, women, Mm. according to Lifeway Research, women pray more than men. Mm. And as I was asking you about this and and sharing this data with you, my my question was, um. Why do you think that is? like I mean, i I think hmm. probably most people were guessing and yelling at the radio, yelling at their phones, the answer.
0: so when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about they not they specifically meaning like quiet like
1: yeah, spending, spending quiet, quiet time, time with, with the Lord, Lord in prayer, but yes. not
0: necessarily corporate prayer and stuff like that. no, but,
1: that's right. one okay. on one time, you
0: and the Lord, man, I think I think sometimes men have a hard time. Being alone by themselves with their own thoughts, I think you go in to pray. Hmm. You may have an intent, but I think that's I, interesting. And, and maybe it's not just men. I think people in general have that, but maybe men to to uh, more of a degree, you know, that feeling like getting into a place of intimacy like that with God is like there's some there's some blockages in the mind. Like wow, you know, do that, you
1: think it has anything to do with um, like pride? And and let me tell you what I mean when I say that. Like I, I think that prayer is so closely connected to a recognized dependence Being on humble. God, like yes. that you have to, you need him, yes. you're desperate for him. And I'm wondering if what we see coming from men mm-hmm. is a, an unrealized assertion of like, I can do this. Myself. I, would okay. I, I would agree with that.
0: I would agree with that. I think that's also, you know, a main uh, feature of what we're talking about because you, like you're saying, a prayer is uh, uh, humbling yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and it, it may not be that a man intentionally goes into praying and and, and is prideful. Like, I'm going to, you know. Right. But that's just, I think there's a feature of something that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. You know, that may not really be noticed.
1: And I'm wondering you know? if it's something that is not, so like the converse of that I think might also be true, that men not praying as much as women, I don't think a man, and you you tell me your thoughts on this, I don't think a man would say consciously, I have no need of you, God. Certainly right. not a Christian right. man. Right. But I think a lack of prayer is really the living of that position, even if, if one does not yeah. assert it verbally.
0: And, you know, I'm not trying to throw everything on, you know, a geographic location, mm-hmm. but this study was done in America, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I
0: think there's an underlying feeling, especially among, you know, what's been given to men, is that, you know, the bootstraps. Like, I, I do it. I can do it myself. I mm-hmm. feel like that's something that's ingrained. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have to, like, work against that Western mindset to be able to, you know, see God in a way that, I need you, Lord. I need you. I, so I think in a way that's not on purpose, mm-hmm. That that that's something that's there. Do you and think, I think it fights against that intimacy with God.
1: Do you think that there would be some men who would see prayer as a soft or a feminine practice
0: i do i think that i think there are men who see it it as that that's the thing that women do
1: oh my goodness yeah that's i want to i want to come back to this that that makes me sad a little bit here i think to not understand the giants of prayer that we have clearly depicted in scripture
0: exactly exactly and the admonishment by the apostle paul Timothy. you know that men need to be praying
1: Okay, let's grab the break and pick up right here on the other side. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. It's Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Appreciate you
0: listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's with Jesus Called My Name.
1: Today's program, God Bless the Faithful. God Bless the Faithful. We started out the program talking about the passing of Pastor Jack Hayford mm-hmm. um, at 88 years old. And now we're talking about this Lifeway study that was conducted among 1,000 Americans. And it found that women pray more than men, among other things. But I was really interested in that and kind of drilling down and trying to understand what might be the difference, what might be the breakdown, um, this information here, gender appears to play a part in how likely respondents were to say that uh, finding alone time with God was a daily habit for them. In the survey, 48% of women said that quiet time with God is a part of their daily habit compared to 38% of men. And as we were going to the break, I was, I, my, I, I was wondering aloud, with some thought on it, obviously, if this is a presentation of the thought that prayer is a feminine practice, that Mm -hmm. it is something for women or for those who are kind of weak, like that it's not a strong thing to do.
0: I have to tell you, growing up, you know, uh, especially when I was uh, real real young, uh, the bulk of what I saw was women praying. I I rarely saw men praying. And even— I mean, so I, I think there is something that's communicated. Do you mean
1: like in church? Like you're saying in just church. like prayer meetings, like it seems yeah, to be in filled with women?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah in church and, and you know, um, in those contexts. So I think that's something communicated uh, by that to other men, uh, young boys growing up. Oh, you know, wow. I think it's yeah. important that, you know, uh, hmm. we see men praying, you yeah. know, not for the sake of look at me, but I think, it's, I think it, it, it communicates something. Yeah. That's very, very important, and I think— when you have that cycle going and the, and the thought process is that, yeah, women pray, my grandmother pray for me, you oh, know, my <laughs> mama pray, yeah. you know, wow. you, you don't have those songs about my daddy pray for me, you know, uh, wow. it's just, so I think that's something that's communicated that that is a problem. Yeah.
1: How, yeah. So, so how do we get from the place where, you know, it is culturally normative and I'm speaking of the Christian culture here specifically where it's culturally normative to expect women to pray and even how we see prayer. I mean, because the scriptures are replete with men praying.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: David was a man of war. Like, and, and yet he prayed these beautiful prayers. He lived a life of prayer. Mm -hmm. He lived even what you might consider like, you know, soft, like poetry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I wonder how we have changed that and redefined that. And not only that, not only do you have the Apostle Paul praying, but you have him commanding that prayers yes. be made. And this is under the leading of the Holy Spirit, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah,
0: and that's in, uh, I was looking at 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2. It said, first of all, this is verse 1. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all uh, who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. But there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. For this, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. As uh, as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And he said, therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath And dissension, and and so that men—that's men. That's not just mankind. Okay, so picture of this. That's men. Men, men. Yes.
1: So, so men praying, lifting up holy hands. Yes. I think in our culture, it does seem vulnerable. It almost seems like um, an emotional expression that I think would be very difficult for a man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that—that I think our culture would say. That we, you know, we don't, we don't do that. We don't want men to pray. But, but I, I don't know. And maybe it's because of being married to you. Mm-hmm. I see strength in prayer. You know That's what I mean? Good. Like it's, it's comforting, comforting to me yeah. that you turn to God for direction, yeah. like for leadership. You know Amen. what I mean? And not only, <clears throat> not only is the Apostle Paul um, telling men to pray, mm-hmm. but he, as a man, mm-hmm. is praying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and this is something that to, when you read what he's talking about, so that you can lead a tranquil and quiet life and godliness and dignity, like he said, you know, make these prayers and petitions and all of this and Thanksgiving, you know, uh, men should be praying that it will go well. So if we're not praying, you know, wow, that, I mean, it could may that be why the situation the is, yeah, what it is, even in this country, are yeah. men praying, men specifically. Yeah, not, I'm not saying that women shouldn't pray, of course, you know, but. I think there's something about the leadership, you know, of yes, men, like yes. you're saying, even leading out in prayer, which has been seen, I believe, from what I, from my experience as being a woman thing, a, a thing that women do pray, you know, and I, I think you're right. And it goes to humility. Mm-hmm. And if there's pride there and there's a thinking, well, I can do it all on my own. You yeah. know, uh, it may not be said, but it's that's what's communicated. And I think that's what we're dealing with.
1: You know, I'm going to open the phone lines up. I'm wondering if some of our listeners have thoughts about why men don't pray as much as women. Uh, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. This is a display of our faithfulness as Mm. followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is, Mm. it's supposed to define and characterize our life. Like it's supposed to be the life of a Christian. But I'm wondering if you just touched on something else that may be inherent in prayerlessness that we don't often think about like mm-hmm. when we are praying we are submitting ourselves to God's will yes. because in prayer you presumably are going to get some answers from God like Amen. he's going to lead by his spirit yes. and so i'm wondering two things one is this lack of prayer is it um you know because we don't want To be led like we it's still Mm. kind of like I still kind of want to be Lord of my own life. And then two, do you see this as a spiritual attack on the very role that men were charged to play as leaders? Like so if you have like you just touched on this, Mm -hmm. the heads of families, you have leaders, men who are tasked to be leaders but they don't submit themselves to God's will.
0: Yeah, and I think, again, generally speaking, it may have been seen as a, a position of weakness to to pray. You know, even I see, like, even in culture, when people, when something happened, they said thoughts and prayers, you know. Now we, we got to a point where that was said, and people were like, yeah, thoughts and prayers, you know. But now to say thoughts and prayers and stuff like that, people are, are shunning that. We don't want your prayers. Uh, yeah,
1: like, I remember hearing I, some of those. You know, comments. like
0: that, that kind of stuff is happening now. But I think if we understood, you know, even as like, I think about Pastor Joseph Parker, who does the hour oh intercession, goodness. always talking about prayer and, and, and reading the Bible. If we really understood what prayer is, you know, we we have to hold ourselves back from prayer. Yes, you know? so true. And I think uh, that's a trick of the enemy to get us to feel like, Prayers uh, are weakness. Like you know, praying is, is is showing weakness. Yeah. You know when it's really showing ultimate strength because you're saying that I, I depend on you, God. I can't do it. You know this is something that I need you. Amen. You know and I'm I'm not only saying that with my my lips. I'm praying. I'm crying out because I really do need you. I, I'm not in a position of strength. You know and I think for men to say that that can be hard sometimes.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right and I think the deception is not even allowing for the opportunity to see what God wants to do in this relationship that he's invited us to, where we would pray and seek him, especially uh, on the on the part of men. I think the conversation we're having right now, and I don't have his name in front of me here, but mm-hmm. the sports analyst who prayed on air for, yeah. uh, is it Damar Hamlin? Am yes. Am I saying the right name? Okay. Um, I think that makes his prayer so profound like yeah. that he would pray on air and one of the things that I thought was really interesting in watching the clip where this this um analyst prayed mm-hmm. on air was the woman that was sitting next to him mm-hmm. even though they were all sort of like okay we're here we're in this moment there was this feeling of like it took a lot of courage for him to do that yeah. which one two i felt like she needed to come back or she felt like she needed uh-huh. to come back and kind of like tie it up and mm-hmm. she's like beautiful like, mm-hmm. no, just let the prayer rest. Yeah. Like, just let, yeah. amen. You yeah. know what I mean? In yeah. your name, Lord Jesus. He didn't say Lord Jesus, but in your name we pray. Yeah. Amen. And I think it's because there's this feeling of like, we can't just
0: yeah. leave it like that. I, I'm you sure know, it was I mean? awkward for them as far as like, um, maybe not for him, because I, I feel like the Holy Spirit moved him to pray. And he did it. Praise God. You know, but that type of context is like, you don't pray on there, you know, and that could be ramifications going forward, you know, because of praying on ESPN or whatever, you know. But, man, in in spite of all that, he he did it. Praise God. And, man, I I felt like, wow, it was very sincere. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was happy that he he did that. Me too. Me too. Um, And,
1: you know, I I think it's interesting, though, that it was uh, one of those things that people take note of now that we actually pray rather than say, hey, praying for you. Yeah. Which, by the way, is different from actually praying. Okay,
0: That's so true. <laughs>
1: Willie, great. Let's go to the phone lines, 888-589-8840. Where are we headed?
0: Let's go to Jacob in Arkansas. Hi, Jacob.
4: Hi. Um, my my comment was actually on the first thing that you were talking about, the uh, Pastor Jack Hayford. Sure. Um, I don't know if you know who Manly Beasley is, if you've, uh, if you've heard of Manly Beasley. That
1: doesn't sound familiar. But, uh,
4: okay. Okay. Uh, you, you have to ask uh, Alex McFarlane, Burt Harper. They talk about him all the time. Okay. He was uh, just a very, very strong faith teacher. Uh, it, he was president of Southern Baptist one time. He passed away in the 90s. Just mm. an awesome story. Uh, he's just one of these that anyone that talks about him, He's he always preached on faith. And he, he was always big for asking people, What are you trusting in God today that if he doesn't answer, you'll be sunk? But anyways, uh, Ron Owens wrote a biography about him because he traveled with them, and Jack Hayford used to travel with him and Ron Dunn and several others, and before Manly Beasley passed away, so this would have been like 1990, Mm -hmm. him and Jack Hayford had stopped talking for years, About the point that Jack Hayford started going towards the charismatic way, and Manly Beasley was really concerned about his salvation, Mm. and... You know, that was one of the things that he had to make sure that he got clear with him before he passed away, whenever he was on his deathbed. Wow. Was that his friend, uh, Pastor Jack Hayford, was truly saved. And, you know, and they had a reconciliation and he Mm. talked about where he walked away Or you know, Mm. he he knew from that conversation that he, he was really saved it is just a neat story, but wow. uh, especially if you ever read about Manly Beasley, I mean, he inspires a lot of people. And like I okay. said, I mean, you're, if you talk to Alex McFarland and Bert Harper, that's one of those giants that they always quote. Wow. And stuff like that. Okay. Well, thank you so well, thank much you. for sharing
1: that. I really do appreciate that. You've given Manly me another Beasley. individual, another, um, uh, character from church history to look into and see what I might be able to discover. Thank you so much for that. Thank I appreciate you. it. Well, the Great, where are we headed next?
0: Let's go to Kevin in Arkansas. Hi, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Greetings and blessings
5: hey. around. Hey, God bless you. How I you think, doing? Uh, yes, you got me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Let me try and get this. I'm waving my arm trying to get the signal to come in. <laughs> <laughs> you sound great. Uh, I think, uh, men and women... I think men and women pray different, so it only appears that women pray more than men. You know, women have so many words that they have to use in a day, and men have fewer. Yes. So I think men's prayers are shorter and kind of to the point Mm -hmm. where they're not sitting, like you said, quiet time. Uh, Guys don't sit around and chat like women do. They just say hi and... Have a nice day, and thanks. But they don't <laughs> sit around and discuss things too much unless they're in a class.
1: You know what's interesting so, about I'm that, sure, though.
5: Maybe the way the
1: question. Yeah, maybe the way the question was uh, was asked in the mm-hmm. survey here, because specifically the question is spending time Twice, alone like, with yeah. God, mm-hmm. like spending time alone with God, and it wasn't limited to just you know your own prayers. It it also included uh, do you have written prayers that you read or things like that. But uh, here here's the thing that I think is interesting. I think that if um like let's let's say a highly ranked government official, say like a president or something like that invited mm-hmm. you to sit down with him for an hour, yeah. um I think we all might find time and reason to be there. You know what I mean? Like we <laughs> yeah. we all might want to have that exchange. And and I agree with our brother Kevin here. I don't think that prayer like men and women do pray. You and I pray differently. Yeah. Like and 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 I do actually probably use more words in prayer than you do, mm-hmm. but but there are still words and true. and because we're talking to the true and living God. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think it's interesting that, you know, the Lord, by his spirit, through the Apostle Paul, calls for men specifically to pray yeah. uh, and to lift up holy hands in, in so doing. Will the Great, where do we go next?
0: All right, Scott in Louisiana. Hi, Scott. Hey, Will and A.K., the uh, first
5: thing came to mind when you said, you know, who prays more, men or women? I thought, well, who's driving? Uh, but I really wanted to talk about the theology one. I know, you got that. Um, the theology, that both, of, both views there, both approaches, I think are complementary. We are all called to study to show ourselves approved unto Amen. God. And to become theologians, so it's kind of on Will's camp. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, though, we can't all, we're not all called to go to seminary. Mm -hmm. We're not all called to spend as much time in the books. Mm -hmm. But I agree, Will, the Holy Spirit is able to guide us and teach us and lead us into all truth. And so I think it's a sign of maturity in Christ that you do become, and you started talking about what you didn't use the term, an apologist Mm. in kind of debating the doctrine and the scripture and the what i call preferences that aren't
0: black and white yeah
1: those things that are not salvific scott i think that is a great observation you've made it's a great place for us to land the show until tomorrow lord willing
0: god bless